this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Fierce Number Four. This has been an amazing series so far, and I'm super excited about today because we actually have a special guest with us this morning. Now, I I don't think I can quite claim him, (laughs) but I do want to tell you, I want to brag on him a little bit, that he was an FV kid for like six months, a year, maybe. You were in sixth grade when he came, Right. So uh, I'm claiming him. That's just how it is. <laughs> he was an FB kid. He was one of my FB kids when I was a kid's pastor here. Uh, spent a few years with us and his family. Many of you will know his dad, Lance, was a pastor here for a number of years. And so we're so excited to welcome him back. He is now part of Mission SOS's organization. And I hope that he'll tell you a little bit about that and what they're doing here in the next couple of years. We're super excited, as always, to partner with Mission SOS. We so fully believe in their mission, their organization, the spirit. As I was thinking about today, uh, I remembered back to when my dad first introduced Aaron and I to Johannes Amritzer, the leader of Mission SOS, for those of you unfamiliar, and just the passion with which even my dad spoke about him and his passion for evangelism passion for the Holy Spirit and miracles. You know, and I I really believe that every single person throughout that Mission SOS organization gets a little of that spirit. And so I really hope that you'll catch a little bit of that today. You know, our church has always believed strongly in young people. Uh, Kids and youth ministry have always been a huge part of our our DNA and our heart. And so I hope that you'll catch a little bit of that too. Our our guest today is is younger than most of us that are preaching, Uh, but he's he's passionate. He has that Holy Spirit fire within him. And so he's the perfect uh, addition to our sermon series right now, which is fierce. So please join me in welcoming Jeremiah Stoddart to the FE stage. Thank you, Candice, for that introduction. Um, Wow, Freedom Valley Church, it's so good to be with you today. And wow, this church just means so much to me. As she said, as Candace said, uh, I grew up here, actually. Um, I remember moving here in my fifth grade. I started over at New Oxford at CVIS. And one of the first people I was introduced to was Candace. And I remember being super shy. And I would go and I would sit by myself. And even when I went through youth group, Jason was my youth pastor and how much he impacted my life. And it's just so, so thank you, Candace and Aaron and Freedom Valley staff for allowing me to come back here. It's such an honor. And it's been, it's been crazy just what God's been doing over the past few years in my life. Um, me and some of my family, we moved from Gettysburg to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, some of you may be thinking, no, I am not a Steelers fan. You know, I am a Patriots fan, and I know I must apologize because I'm sure I just offended half of the people listening. Um, 
but I'm a patriot, so I'll ask for forgiveness later. Um, I know, I know there's a lot of rumors about what they do, uh, but it's just, Freedom Valley is, is a special piece in my heart, and I remember just being a young kid sitting in a youth group and listening to Jason preaching, and, and when I lived here, I made some decisions where I put myself around a group of people who were good people who but weren't leading me into really the plans and the purposes that God had for my life. And, and the Holy Spirit just took me and my family to Pittsburgh. And, and when I moved to Pittsburgh, he just changed my life. And with, with some of the people that I was around there who just loved me, um, Jaron Snavely, one of them, um, if you're listening today, thank you, Jaron, who just took me up under his wings and began to love on me and show me what it meant to really have a relationship with Jesus. And, and I went to Bible school out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Allison Park Church. Um, what an awesome church. And then, uh, actually, when I first moved to Pittsburgh that summer, I went to my first trip with Mission SOS and SOS Adventure. And I remember um, being hooked. I remember standing on the festival grounds. If some of you watched on Facebook, you saw the video of my first trip to Lusaka, Zambia. And I remember seeing people who were giving their lives to Jesus in the thousands. And I remember seeing people who were blind who began to see um, people who were demon-possessed being set free. And I was sitting there as a 15-year-old kid, and I was saying, I've heard about this God, you know, all my life, but I didn't know that he was so real. You know, I didn't know that he was active, and I didn't know that he wanted to use us to impact this world. And it changed my life forever. And since then, 2015, I've been hooked. I've been able to go to Africa seven times, and I just started this position with SOS Adventure this year, where I'm the Book of Acts training camp director. And as the Book of Acts training camp director, my job is taking teams to the cities in Africa that we go to and empowering locals, 1,000 and locals from every city to evangelize and to preach Jesus on the streets of their city and to bring them into churches. So it's my greatest joy um, to be able to be here and to be a part of SOS Adventure and what we're doing in Africa. In the next five years, we have the ability to see 10 million people hear the gospel of Jesus. And it it, it blows my mind, to be honest with you, to think that that God would allow us and put this in our hands to use. And um, thank you, Freedom Valley, for partnering with us and for sending teams. And I can't wait to see so many of you in Africa with me. And I believe that as you come, it will change your life like it so radically changed mine. And I think that's why the the sermon series that we're speaking about now is so dear and near to my heart um, and fierce faith and evangelism. And just I've, I've been listening, I listened to a little bit of what Candace was talking about as she talked about fierce, you know, menacingly wild, fiercely eager to see new souls saved, um, attacking religious spirits. I just began to be so excited. I got so excited for, for what was happening here and how you've been fasting. And I love fasting. It's that spiritual discipline that says no to really our flesh and allows the spirit to rule into, in our thoughts and our actions and, and come up in us and move through us in such a a stronger and mightier way. And I thought about how Jesus, how he went into um, the wilderness and fasted and how when he came out, the, the ministry that he stepped into and the lives that were changed and the miracles that were taking place and the, and the people who came to know him. And that's what I think is going to be taking place here in Gettysburg and around this region and everyone who's listening to this fierce faith and evangelism. I believe that we're going to step into something that's bold, something that's aggressive, something that's moving in intensity towards people in our in our approach to seeing people come to know Jesus. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about fierce evangelism. 
And I, to be fierce means to, to be furiously eager to see new souls saved. So to, to in an intense, in an aggressive manner, not at which we attack people, but in the manner at which we long to see new people come to know Jesus. And I was looking at some statistics and in the world, um, right now we're looking at around 60 million people who will pass away actually in the year 2020 is what they estimate. And I was looking at statistics and it shows that 41% of those people and 41% of the world right now doesn't know Jesus. And so I did a little bit of the math and it shows that 24 million people will pass away this year who haven't had the chance or who haven't given their lives to Jesus. And that's 66,000 people a day. You know, we have a world right now that is broken, that is hurting, that is longing to know Jesus. You know, we have people, and all of us have been there, where we've just been walking and we feel broken. We feel like there's an emptiness. There's something that's missing. And we try to fill it in relationships. We try to fill it in our jobs. We try to fill it with material things. But we know that the only thing that can ever fill us is a relationship with the one who formed us and who knows us. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in us and fills that emptiness. You know, church, we need people who are furiously, eagerly, looking to see new souls saved. And I believe that the, the foundation and that the key to this furious faith and this furious evangelism is compassion. You know, a heart that is broken for people. And I love a story that my dad tells, tells me and tells my family. It's we, we all used to live in Virginia, and so my dad and my mom and my brother and all of us hopped in our van, and we started taking a trip to Washington, D.C., and my dad tells us the story. As we were getting closer to D.C., we were stopping at a stoplight, and to the right, there was a median, and at that median, there was a man who was sitting there, and he had a sign that said, homeless and hungry, and as we stopped there, my brother started to yell, dad, dad that man, he, he doesn't have a home. Dad, dad, he's hungry. We, we need to do something. We have to do something. And my dad looked at, looked at Isaiah, and I don't remember this because I was too young, but I was in the car. And my dad said, he was like, okay, like, let's do something. So they decided that they'd go to McDonald's and they started to drive down the street and they wanted to buy him some food. And they bought a quarter pounder and, and a Sprite. And it was a hot day. And they started driving back to that median to meet that man. And my dad says, as they pulled up to the median, that the man was no longer there. And how my dad was kind of like, oh, he's kind of just gave up a little bit. But my brother, my brother, he, he, he was persistent. He was like, dad, we have to find him. We need to find him. We have to get him this food. And so my dad was like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll find him. So they started to look and they started to drive around the streets. And after about 10 minutes, they were driving down a back alley where they saw the man walking. And as my dad started to slow down, my brother was, was so excited and so fiercely seeking him that he swung the door open as my dad was probably going about five miles per hour. And he jumps out of the car with this McDonald's bag in his hand and this Sprite. And he starts running towards the man. And he says, sir, sir, we've been looking for you. We've been looking for you and we want to give you this McDonald's. 
And my dad tells the story. My dad hits the brake and he jumps out of the car. My mom's freaking out. And my dad's yelling to my brother, Isaiah, Isaiah. And he's running. And he, and they're both standing with this man. And my brother began to tell the man how, how they were looking for him. And his, and, and the guy began to tear up in his eyes, um, just at the fact that, that they were looking and that they would go out of their way to come and to see him. And, I love that story because I think it shows that godly compassion, you know, that brokenness that we so desperately need for this world and for people. And I think um, actually when we look at it, the Greek word for compassion means to be so deeply, so deeply moved by something that we can feel it, you know, in our core, in our stomach. And that's the heart that we need. And I think that's the, that's the heart that my brother had for that man that day. You know, that godly compassion that is so moved that it needs to walk in action towards someone. You know, that compassion that is so broken for someone that it, it needs to do something. And we can no longer sit, you know, we need this brokenness that, that is associated with feelings, yes, but isn't dictated by feelings. You know, it's Isaiah made choices that day to move towards that man. And I think we need that same compassion that Isaiah had. And I think we see that in Jesus. And I began to flip open my Bible as I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to, to teach on compassion. And I just went to some of the stories about Jesus. And there's a few that came to mind and a few that I opened up to. And the ones in Mark 1, where it talks about there was a man with leprosy and how this man came before Jesus and was like, sir, please heal me. And it talks about how Jesus moved with compassion towards him and touched him. And there was another story in Mark and Matthew where it talks about how there was multitudes of people who were coming and, and how Jesus and his disciples, those who came with him were tired. But as the crowds came, they stopped and it says that Jesus had compassion on them. So they stayed and began to teach and actually did a miracle of feeding thousands. And I think we need that compassion, you know, that stops, that compassion that is willing to allow something to disrupt our day to reach someone, to, to act and to show someone the love that God has for us. And then I even see in Matthew 20, where it talks about two blind men who are pursuing, who are walking after Jesus. And it talks about how he went inside and how they came and he knocked. And it talks about how when Jesus saw them, he had compassion and he moved with it towards them and he healed them. Or another one I love is the adulterous woman. It talks about how the Pharisees at that time, who were the religious people of that day, had caught a woman in the act of adultery and how they, they dragged her out of her house and in front of Jesus. And they say, Jesus, like this woman in that time period, the punishment for her could have been being stoned to death. And they said, Jesus, what should we do? Should we stone her? And it talks about how Jesus got on his knees next to her. And he said, you who has not sinned, throw the first stone. And you know, we need that compassion that sits with people who are hurting and doesn't, isn't just judgmental and critical and just harsh towards them, but sits with them and loves them. We need this brokenness. And I think for us so much, I think that the sad part is so much in our culture if we had a woman who was before us who was a prostitute, I think for so many of us, the reaction would be to look at her in disgust or to look at her as though she's less than. And I think 
We need the brokenness. We need a burden for people that looks at her and says that she's hurting, that she's desperate for Jesus. Or if a drug addict came by, we would look at him and say, oh, what a disgrace. And we'd be harsh towards them. But we need that compassion, that brokenness, that listens and that is there for him and that walks with him through it. And I felt like I, I, for so much of my life, especially going through high school, you know, I didn't have that brokenness. I didn't have that compassion for people that moved me so deeply that I had to walk in action towards them. And I had to tell them about Jesus. And I had to show them who Jesus was and the way in which I loved them and the way in which I spoke to them and the way in which I spoke about them and the thoughts that were in my mind. And because of that, because I didn't have this brokenness and this compassion, I was stagnant. You know, I sat, I didn't move towards people. And for so much of my life, I think I thought, how do I even build compassion? You know, how do we have this compassion that's so broken for people that we have to move towards them? And I think we all need this compassion. And, and maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know, I've thought that same thing. Whether you've been in youth group or whether you've been in church all your life or whether you're newly saved and you're thinking to yourself, how do I build that compassion? How do we become so broken for people that our only natural reaction is to move towards them in love and how we speak about them? And today I want to talk about how we can build compassion. Today, I want to talk about one way in which I believe that we can allow that brokenness to get so deep in us that we move towards people. And I think that one thing is this, by allowing the Holy Spirit you know, the Spirit of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that's living and breathing and active inside of us. When we allow the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God, Scripture, the Bible that is infallible, that is our foundation for truth. When we allow the Holy Spirit to use Scripture to impact us so deeply and empower us and change us at our very core. And it, it made me think to go to John 1.14 where it talks about this. It says this in John 1.14. It says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You see, the word of God, the Bible, when we read it, it shows us the character and the nature of God. And God, in his character, in his very nature, is full of compassion. So when we see in the scripture, it says the word, it's actually speaking about Jesus. It's saying that Jesus is the personification of the word, actually the word in human form. So when we look at the life of Jesus in his ministry, we begin to see the very character, the very nature, and the very compassion that God had towards people. And by reading the Bible, it allows us to see how God thought, how God acted, how he moved in love towards people, how he spoke to people. So we must and we need to get in the Bible if we want to build compassion. In Matthew 4.4, 4, it says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds or that comes from God. You see, the Bible and scripture is necessary. It's necessary for us to come into understanding of who Jesus is and how he could move in such compassion and why he moved in such compassion. 
Or even in Psalm 1, it talks about this. It says, it says in Psalm 1 that, but those who delight in the law of the Lord, who delight in it. You know, sometimes it's hard to delight in the law. Sometimes it's hard to, to want to get into the word of God. I know that was a lot of my struggle, and I'm sure you're sitting here and you say, that's been my struggle is actually getting into the word. And it's starting those fierce, those disciplines that will so change us in the future. And even with fasting, we see that discipline and what it does for us and be able to go out into the world and be able to let the spirit rule. And it's the same thing with the word of God. We need to start that discipline. And it's so easy. I know for me, it's, it's, it's the gym. You know, it's other things in my day that I put before the word. And for me, I always try to start my day in scripture because it sets me up for the rest of the day. It sets me up with the right perspective and allows the Holy Spirit to move in me early in the day so I can move out in faith and in boldness and in compassion. Um, but it's starting those disciplines. It's waking up and saying, okay, no, I'm gonna give up wanting to go do this so I can do something greater. Those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night, when we chew it, when we ponder it, when we allow it to come into us is when we begin to be transformed. And it says they shall be like, like a tree planted next to streams of water. When we are in our word, when we are in scripture, we're, when we are in the Bible, we are beginning to grow. We're next to the source. You see, it is critical and it is crucial that we are in the Bible. And I know it, sometimes when I say this, it feels like, okay, okay, Jeremiah, what are we in fifth grade again? We all know that we're supposed to read our Bibles, but, but not only read our Bibles, but allow it to impact us. And I'm going to go into how the Holy Spirit does that, but we can't look at it as, oh yeah, we just read the Bible. No, it is fundamental for us. It is fundamental because it is from there that we receive our source. It is necessary for us to walk in a compassion and in a life that Jesus lived and in a compassion at which he lived. And I want to show you a little bit about what the Holy Spirit does to our hearts and to our minds as we get into the word. So in John 16, 13 through 14, it says this, but when he the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future and he will bring glory. He will bring me glory. Um, excuse me. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he has made known to you. So when we see this, the Holy Spirit, it says he will guide you into all truth. When we look at the Bible, it says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So the Holy Spirit leads us. He guides us. He directs us into the very heart, into the very compassion, and into the very nature of Jesus. And then when we look at the end, it says, it is from he, it is from me, excuse me, that he will receive. So Jesus is speaking and he say, the Holy, the Holy Spirit's receiving from me and he will make it known to you. So the Holy Spirit's job is he's taking and receiving from what is Jesus and he's, and he's imparting and he's giving and he's making it known to us. Actually in Greek, to make known means to announce. So as we're reading our Bibles, the Holy Spirit is using it and announcing things to us and revealing things to us and showing us the heart and the nature of Jesus. 
And next, I want to go into um, Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, 17 through 18, and I love this scripture. Um, it's, it's Paul. So who Candace has been talking so much about over the past few weeks and reading from him in Philippians. It's Paul speaking to a church in Ephesus, and he's talking to them, and he's actually praying for them. And this is what his prayer was. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You see, the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit who brings wisdom, who brings understanding, and who reveals. To, he lays bare. He, he discloses truth of who Jesus is and, and who God is to us. And then it says, so that you may know him better. So the Holy Spirit is revealing things to us. He's lighting and showing us the character and the heart of Jesus so that we can know him better. You know what happens when you know someone better, when you spend time with someone? You know, we all have best friends or people that we hang around with. And as we're around them, they begin to influence and impact us. You see, the Holy Spirit's job is revealing to us Jesus so that we can know him better. And as we begin to know him better, and as we begin to read our word and see how he acted, his very heart and his very compassion begins to rub off on us. It begins to influence us in a way that we can move towards a world that is hurt hurting, and that is broken. And then in verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. But what I want to focus on in this verse is that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You see, the Holy Spirit he begins to make things real to our hearts. He brings, he allows our heart to understand scripture. And I love what Timothy Keller wrote. He says this, Timothy Keller, he says, the Holy Spirit's ministry is to take truths about Jesus and make them clear to our heads, you know, so that we can understand it in our minds and real to our hearts so real that they console, they empower, and they change us at our very core. And my prayer for you, Freedom Valley Church, is that as you get into the Word of God, you know, not, not once a year, not once a month, not every once in a while, but on a consistent basis, you will begin to see as the Holy Spirit uses the Word as a tool to bring the heart and the character and the compassion of Jesus into your heart and the infinite importance and beauty of the Scripture into you because for so many of us I feel like we can say like yes Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we know that in our mind but it has impacted us so deeply and in such a way that we move towards others in a compassion in a brokenness that we sit with them that we love on them in our workplace in our in our jobs on a zoom call as you talk with people you see we need this we need the Holy Spirit and the word of God to, to come so deeply in us that it moves us into action because we have a world that's longing and waiting for us. And Jesus wants to use you. He wants to use you. Sometimes it's, it's funny that I'm even standing here right now, um, just that I think about it. Because for me, like I was just a kid from Gettysburg, and not that I'm anything special now, but I was a kid who, 
who really in high school surrounded myself with good people, but I made bad decisions. And, and in my life, I, I just poured myself into alcohol, into drugs at a young age. And, and if someone would have told me five years ago that I'd be standing here on a stage teaching about Jesus, I probably would have laughed at him. But you see, God wants to use you. And he wants to use you to impact your friends and your family and your coworkers. And we need his heart. We need his heart. And we see his heart in the word and in scripture. And as we begin to read it, as we begin to dig into it, you know, for me, it's, it's me starting my day and, and, I, and I go into, I have my coffee. You know, it's a soul thing. I always need my coffee and I sit. And then before I start anything, I close my eyes. And I say, Holy Spirit, show me, reveal to me, point things out to me today as I read your scripture. Convict me, transform me, teach me. And as you become close with him and you start to listen to his voice, he'll begin to pull things out of scripture. He'll begin to reveal things to you. He'll begin to show you the truth. and He'll begin to guide you into the heart and into the nature of Jesus. But we have to start with our disciplines not in a legalistic way, but in a way that says, Jesus, I want to be broken for people. Jesus, I want to be broken for people. So I think there's kind of three things that we can learn from today. And I think the first thing is starting that discipline. It's getting in the word of God. It's, it's meditating on it and it's pondering it. And the more we're in the word, the more we give the Holy Spirit opportunities to use it, to transform us and to conform us and change us into the image and into the heart and into the compassion of Jesus. Allow him chances. Oh, we need chances. God, my prayer for Freedom Valley Church Oh, is that we would have a brokenness for people that's so deep in us. Oh, that we will, we can't help. Our only natural reaction will be to go. And even when we're scared and even when we're fearful to tell our coworkers and our friends that we will know that, that this isn't, this is about their eternity. It's not about us. It's about them. And it's about them coming to know Jesus. God, give us a heart that's broken. Oh, give us a heart that's from you. As we get into the discipline, watch as you begin to speak and act and go in compassion. And when you open up your Bible, when you open up scripture, I pray that you will ask the Holy Spirit to do a work in you. Oh, he loves when you ask. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open to you. The Holy Spirit is longing to speak with you, to speak to you and to use scripture to reveal to you the heart of the Father for people. But are we willing to give up Netflix? Or are we willing to give up an hour at the gym to actually get on our words, to actually get on our knees and to pray and say, God, give me a heart. God, give me a heart that you had when you got on your knees with that woman who the Pharisees pulled out. And they said, what should we do with her? Should we stone her? And Jesus said, let me get on my knees and let me walk with you. Let me hug you. Church, Freedom Valley, we need a heart that Jesus had that looked at a man with leprosy and put his hands on him. 
In that day and age, the people with leprosy were, were outcasted. They were out of society. They were outside the gates of the cities and they put them in their own villages. They were worthless. But you see, Jesus looked at them and he said, you're worthy. He said, I love you. He said, I, I want a relationship with you so much so that I will put my hands on you. And in that day, you put your hands on someone with leprosy. That is not normal. That is dangerous. But we're called to be fierce. We're called to move in compassion. We're called to have an intensity and aggressiveness to go to people. God, give us a heart that's broken like yours was when he looked on the crowd of people. And he said, they're like sheep. They're like people without someone leading them. God, give us that heart. As we begin to read our words and start the disciplines, and as we begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move in me. Holy Spirit, bring me into the nature and the heart and the character of Jesus. Holy Spirit, use this scripture to teach, to correct, to convict, and to conform me into your image to make us more like Jesus. That's my greatest desire for my life. And I hope it is for yours as well, to be like Jesus, to love like him, to have a compassion and a heart like he did. You know, so we get in that discipline. We ask the Holy Spirit and we go. You see, compassion always moves in action towards others. Compassion isn't stagnant, it doesn't sit. Compassion goes and Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that I've commanded you to obey. Freedom Valley, no, let's not sit. Let's not sit. Some of us have sat for too long. We've gone through the motions for too long. We've walked past that same coworker for too long need to talk with them. We need to be intentional about leading them to Jesus, showing them in our compassion, how we talk to them, how we speak about them. Oh, Holy Spirit, break our hearts. And that's my prayer for you today, Freedom Valley, is that as you get into your word, that the Holy Spirit will do something so deep in you. He will give you such a heart of compassion that your only natural reaction can be action towards people. That fierce evangelism, it comes from compassion, a brokenness that allows us to be so fiercely eager to see new people saved. See, it's not about us, it's about people. And we live in a, a spiritual battle. We live in a spiritual battle that's taking place and the battle is over people. And ask yourself, are you gonna be engaged? Are you gonna be engaged in that battle? hope you will. Oh, and, and, and as we begin to get in our words and as we begin to, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to change us, that's when we start inviting people into our homes. That's when we start loving our coworkers and our neighbors and our family. Oh, and our family, the ones who are always so annoying to us. <laughs> For me, I, I can so quickly notice when I'm outside of my scripture, my Bible, I begin to get angry quickly. My, my thoughts begin to be sporadic in my words. 
my words are not always loving. Oh, but let's get on our words and let's ask the Holy Spirit for broken hearts for people. And maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, man, I've never experienced that kind of compassion. I wanna let you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. He left perfection and came here to earth in the form of Jesus to be a declaration of his compassion to you, to show his love for you. And the Bible says that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short, but that Jesus came and that he lived a perfect and a sinless life, the life that we could never live. And he died on a cross and he took the punishment. He took the sin that was ours, our past, present, and future, and he put it onto himself. And it says that three days later, he rose from the dead. And as he rose from the dead, he conquered sin, he conquered death, and he conquered Satan, the enemy. And I want to let you know today that you can give your life to Jesus. Oh, that when you put your faith in him, everything will be transformed in you. And it will start your journey where you begin to know him and to have a relationship with him. Right now, if we can all close our eyes. If you're in your room at your house or if you're driving your car, if you're driving your car, please keep your eyes open. <laughs> but if you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, I wanna know him. I wanna have a relationship with him. I wanna turn from my sin and I wanna follow him. Right now, I want you to say these words. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And if you just, if you just said those words, I wanna pray for you. God, I ask and I pray over each and every person who just said those words and they're, and they're turning from their sin and they're following you. I pray that they'll know because of your death and your resurrection that death is behind them. Oh, that you are with them, that you are for them, that you will never forsake them. Oh, and that from this moment forward, that they are starting a journey, they're starting a relationship, oh, with the one who loved them so much that he would die. And for Freedom Valley Church, I pray that that revelation of Jesus coming and dying on the cross, it wouldn't just be something that we know in our heads, but it would be something that impacts us so deeply. Bible says that that guard your heart for from it flow everything God Holy Spirit bring those truths the truth of Jesus dying for us that compassion and that love and bring it into our hearts so that we can flow from that to each and every person in our life in Jesus name Freedom Valley, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Uh, I love you all and you mean so much to me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 
thank you so much, Jerry, for delivering the word with power and passion. And I want to I wanna let him know that he, he's been a blessing to us this morning. This Stoddard family as a whole has always been a blessing to Freedom Valley. Lance Stoddard served here uh, as a missions pastor for years. Uh, Jerry's brother, Isaiah Stoddard, has been a key part of FV Youth, FV Missions, FV Media Team for years. We, they have been such a blessing since uh, 2010, I think, when they moved out here. I actually remember Jerry's first week at FV Youth. It was called The Edge then, and I remember him riding a skateboard out front, uh, being a real punk, nasty to everybody, rude to me. I was like, what is this kid doing here? But you know what? God got a hold of him, and you could feel the fierce passion and hope. He's using him to, to save people and he's gonna use him to save thousands around the world. And we can look at a story like that and say, thank God for people like Jerry, or we can hear his words today and say, I wanna be a person like Jerry. I wanna be more like Jesus. Walk away with that message. And, and we want to bless Jerry and the Stoddard family today. So I'm actually going to encourage you, if you want to support Jerry, he's a missionary now. All, all of his finances are going to be coming from people who genuinely want to support the gift of evangelism in his life. You can actually give to Freedom Valley this weekend on missions. Everything that comes into our missions giving this week, we're going to be giving to Jerry and him so we can support his mission. And if you want more information about how you can support Jeremiah Stoddard going forward, there's a link in the sermon notes on the FB Church app or reach out to us or him to find out more about how you can support the mission that God has placed on his life going forward. But I think the best thing, and I'm sure Jerry would say this, that you could do to be a blessing to him is apply this word to your life today. Become fierce and compassionate for others. Care enough for others that you get closer to Jesus because the closer you get to him, the more you'll be able to help them. That story he told at the beginning of being passionate about helping a homeless person, I just, it, it sticks in my mind that you have to be ready to help. What if in that moment you don't have any money? What if in that moment you're not able to reach out? Get ready now so you're able to help others in the future. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, go to fv.church forward slash I am in. If you want to give to Jerry, you can give to the missions at fv.church forward slash give. And maybe you're interested in taking the next step of faith after hearing this word. You can check out fv.church forward slash start. And you can check out the start class later on today happening at six o'clock. We'd be happy to have you join us then. I want to thank you for sticking with us throughout this service, finding a way to hear this word. I am so glad that we were blessed to hear from Jerry today and worship together. And I want to encourage you, continue to put in the time and the energy to stay connected. We love you, FV Church. Can't wait to see you, and we'll see you soon. Have a great week.